Hey guys, Create Me Podcast is back again this week with part two of the birthday special episode featuring Mark Wood, Gemma Hare, Gid Gams, Frida Strachan and Jay Christie. Really cool guys and really good chats that I had throughout this year, man. So I hope you guys, you know, enjoy these little snippets of conversations. I'm going to be back at the end as usual for maybe a little longer ramble about the podcast. So yeah, see you soon. Hello and welcome to the Creative Podcast. Yeah, this is going to be episode 60. Really cool, man, actually. Yeah, I was going to get these little benchmark achievements. <laughs> I remember still being really chuffed with episode 50. Um, but yeah, today's guest um, is an actor, well, local actor based in Aberdeen, mm-hmm. Mark Wood. Hi, Mark. How's it going? Hi there. Okay. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Yeah, no, thanks for getting me on. It's great. Yeah, I met you briefly. Um, this is some kind of context. I met you briefly last year, and that's one of another kind of podcast. It was a live one. Mm-hmm. It was on Nathan Brown. He has a podcast in Aberdeen um, called Mood Swings. Mm-hmm. Really cool podcast. You guys should definitely check it out. Yeah. Um, and I was on there last year as well. And that's like, it's actually here in the rooms. Yeah, just doing the big space. Yeah, the big space. Yeah. Um, it was like we did. It was like we did the live talkers on filth. The film on was, filth, yeah. And then Irvin Welsh, and yeah. then from that we segued into so many good yeah, things. That was yeah. a really good time as well. It was so a good night, yeah. really, really fun night. A lot yeah. of good turnout in the space. They did yeah. up the space a bit. And, yeah, the exhibition space is really good for that. Projection, didn't they? Yeah, some some projection, did some more yeah. stuff. It yeah. was cool. Yeah, that was, a, that was a really, really good time. I think I kind of met you kind of briefly then. Mm-hmm. But I was also going to go and get into a chat and also kind of find out how you kind of connected some previous guests as well. But just for the listeners, um, just tell us a little bit about yourself and how this kind of got started for you. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, been acting for, well, I went youth theatre groups and stuff mm-hmm. when I was about 11, maybe even a bit younger, t- t- or maybe like nine, five, yeah. go back, nine. Yeah. Nine's when I started doing right. like, like youth stuff and yeah. then. <clears throat> excuse me then like through the all all the great amateur theatre companies in Aberdeen like your progression you go to a few of the, the kids ones and if you really enjoy it then you start to kind of do the, the musicals the shows whatever and then from that just did all like all the kind of like the, like local amateur companies you yeah. know Art Centre Elementary mm-hmm. Tiny Little Bit His Majesty's then from that got involved with a guy called Lee Hutchin there's a lot of movies, uh, independent stuff. Okay. So then that was kind of like when I was about 14, 15, I think I met Lee. He was doing a film and then he was casting for the lead. Didn't get the lead, but I got other part. And then it, it didn't get the funding. So I just kept in contact. And then that's, yeah. that's kind of where it all kind of grew from. And then went to college, um, Glasgow, old Royal Scottish Academy Music and Drama, now RCS, Royal oh, Conservatoire okay. of Scotland. So. Oh, right. Was there 2002, 2005, and then I've been out in the game since then. So, yeah, yeah just been fun. Right, kind of so grumble. So when, you, when you were younger, what kind of kind of influenced you then thinking, okay, this could be something happening here. I could take a path to. Do you remember watching something or reading something that really kind of hit you, resonated with you, that said that I could maybe take this as a career? Yeah, I mean, great question because like it is a, like people always say, oh, that was my defining thing. Mm-hmm. For me, I think it was kind of like the combination of so many things yeah. um, I remember a conversation with my dad my dad was like he was like uh, you thinking you're gonna like maybe do this I was like what do you mean what do you mean he was like like do that like maybe as a career I was like I probably would mm. in fact I remember as my dad was a school show did Wizard of Oz and I played the Scarecrow Aye. and my dad was like he came up and he I, if mum and dad supported me 100% yeah. my family all the time mm. he just came up and he was like <clears throat> That was amazing. That was like right. really good. He gave me like the dad hug. I was like, cheers that. Yeah. He was like, no, it was, I was quality. Like, <laughs> I was moving when I was about 13, 14. Yeah. But I think the combination of doing stuff with my pal Lee, mm-hmm. the film aspect of it and going, wait a minute. Yeah. So just from doing like local theatre, mm-hmm. well, like my pals, you can actually become a proper real actor. You yeah. can train to be it. I think as well now, again, because of advances in technology, <laughs> Um, you could really you can't be anywhere like yeah. you can remote anything yeah. like castings on Skype I've done oh, for yeah. big movies mm-hmm. this that and the next thing self tapes as well where right. you just film yourself and submit it yeah so it's no it's no the be all and end all to be yeah. in one city but you can actually kind of just yeah I guess the, the power of social media which I do speak about a lot in the podcast of previous guests that you know this allows you to promote yourself absolutely and it opens the avenues out for people to recognise that you're here and what you're doing absolutely yeah. I mean for, for casting for, for TV and film now and even for theatre mm-hmm. 
theatre are asking you to do a self-tape, like read the scene. Okay, which and is then film it and then yeah, and then you just submit it. Okay, and then for them as well, it's it's, it's cost cutting as well because yeah. they don't need to spend so many days on casting. Yeah, you know, get the room, get a cast okay. editor, get the director, and yeah. the schedules work out as well. So mm. that's kind of really been one of the big big changes in the past ten years. Yeah. It's all self tapes first, mm. not necessarily getting straight into the room with yeah. the people, which is always the best way to do it. Yeah. Being in the room with the people, but. I mean, and that and that's the thing, and, and that's the beauty of it as well. So many people creating their own work, which we were saying as well, like, and just that really kind of refreshing vibrancy, what's going on in Aberdeen just now. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. a great, so it is a great feeling to be part of that and absolutely coming back to that and mm-hmm. seeing so. In fact, we was in Nesco this morning, mm-hmm. um, Cameron and I doing a workshop, uh, Midsummer Extreme. Oh, okay. And just the, the, more of the guys on the NC course, so the one year like, introductory mm-hmm. acting performance. And they're hungry, man. They're like oh, super yeah. hungry for that. Really good to and see. really good yeah. as well. And, yeah. And good to see, you know, are so many people as well. Again, let's call the moment. Um, those guys in second year. Yeah. Who some of them were on a toolkit that we've run for 10 feet tall. And some of them are away to go on to do their, their BAs in London and oh, Glasgow, cool. Edinburgh, really going everywhere. So yeah. I think it's that thing. It's like Aberdeen, you know, the, the belief that people have got, it's always been there. But as we've said as well, it's like, it's just so, such a good time to, to, to be Absolutely. back here. I think that's it. And I think, like, part and part, maybe it comes up quite a bit as well. And that kind of thing comes on the podcast about, like, the, the kind of decline in oil and gas and how that's kind of, like, people and the powers that be maybe have seen that there's no other avenues that you can go down to generate an income for the city. Totally. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I read an article the other day and it said, like, most people, like, 35 mm-hmm. and below, or, like, lo- loads of people have said... Um, or not most people, but you know, a, a big portion of, yeah. of the UK under the age of thirty-five have like not just one job, but they've got like five jobs. Yeah. Where so many people are like a bedroom entrepreneur, mm-hmm. eBay, bum 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 bum, yeah. Spock, however, what, yeah. all those kind of different outlets and avenues. But also as well, artistically, bloggers, everyone like there's there's just there seems to be now in twenty nineteen. The past few years, it's like it's, it's growing up. It's yeah, growing, 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 yeah, growing, growing, and, yeah. and everyone wants a, a slice of that pie. You yeah. know what I mean? And as well, like you said, social media as well, it gives people the platform to kind of really kind of live out maybe these what started off as kind of like a hobby, or something. Yeah, yeah, a hobby, and yeah. then technology advances the technology. Mm. I don't think I'll say it again, guys. Cause that's like five <laughs> times. There's no product placement. No, <laughs> no, there's no like a swear jar. Yeah. Like I'm not sticking about. Maybe we'll be sticking fivers in jars. Could be getting fine, but like, yeah, it just opens up the realm of possibilities, yeah. and, and people are hungry for that content. So mm. it's always going to be an audience, and that's the yeah. beauty of art, you know. Yeah, definitely, it's always an audience for yeah. anything. And you know, hundred percent agree with what you're saying. And one thing I kind of want to ask you, like, um, I know obviously you're very much involved with <laughs> like ten feet tall. But is there anything like that you're planning throughout for this year and beyond? In terms of your like own kind of practice that you're kind of looking to create or get started. Recently. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm one of these people that's had the same files on my laptop and my phone mm. for like fucking ten years. Oh, I've yeah. been writing this film, right? Yeah, uh, it's fucking amazing. <laughs> How many pages have you got? I've not got any dialogue written <laughs> yet. I've just got ideas, I there, yeah. but believe me, it's shit hot. Right. Like, let me read it. Yeah. Give me a shout. <laughs> and then that friend's like five years later, like, remember that club? Yeah. I know I've not done anything. Yeah. So I've said to myself, like, I'm, I'm, I am a bit of a procrastinator, yeah. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but what I love is like audio stuff. Like, I love, I love cartoon voices. Oh, okay. I love, like, that's a big thing. Cartoons of the 80s were the best ever. Yeah. Like, one of my favorite films is Transformers, the original 1985 movie. Oh, I'm pretty okay. sure it's 1985, guys. Right. Where you cry like mad when Optimus Prime gets his ties and then Optimus <laughs> Prime rises and takes over. Yeah. Amazing. Some it's probably one of the best soundtracks ever as well. Oh, okay. That movie guys check it. There's a lot of synths in there, like yeah. Synths, yeah. 80 synths. Yeah. And the guy that did the Rocky music, Vince the Cola. Oh, okay. He he's that, he's wrote quite a few oh, and you're okay. like, wait a minute, that's just Nick from Rocky Four. Wait a minute, am I listening to Rocky Four soundtrack? <laughs> What's going on? Check it out. Right. But um yeah, no, just like that's a big passion of mine is mm-hmm. is, is uh, animation. I love animation. Oh, okay, and I still watch all the old eighties box sets that I've got, oh, like cool. oh, Mask, yeah, Transformers. Love Transformers, like all that stuff. Yeah. So I've been saying for years, I'm going to record my audio showreel. Right. But I definitely, I'm going to do it now. Yeah. 
got my, got my mics, I've got this, I've got that. I've built, been building up slowly but surely. So I'm really going to be working on that. Hello and welcome to the Craving Podcast. This is going to be episode 49 from the Nightmare Studio Space. And today, um, today's guest is Jay Christie. He's a local artist based in Aberdeen. How's it going, Jay? Good day, Cal. I'm good, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, thanks for coming on. And like, I think pre- like listeners will probably know you previously from the Christmas and the Room special and a little snippet chat with well, you. snippet with a high pitch yeah. voice. Yeah, like I was stuck in Helium. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was all good and it's like, thank you for being a part of that day as well, you know. No, really thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah, it was really a big cool. deal for me that actually. Yeah, yeah. A lot. It was okay. the first time I've kind of been invited along to a kind of creative community space to do something oh, like okay. that. Right. Oh, only ever done things on my own, so uh, yeah. it's cool meeting other people. But hopefully that'll be the start of it now, isn't I it? I think like, so. Yeah, 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 I think yeah. so. That'd be really cool if that was kind of like lead on to more kind of opportunities for you to then like yeah. show your work. It's, it, it actually, just even hooking up with the four people that were, well, five actually, yeah. people that were there yeah. uh, on Instagram and meeting their followers. And yeah. That was really cool. Yeah. It was good. That's really cool. One thing as well, like... Um, you're, you're not originally from Aberdeen, I forgot, are you from before, where are you from? I am from, I was going to say I'm born in Dundee, yeah, okay. but I shouldn't say that I'm Aberdeen. Oh, I'm kicking okay. up here. <laughs> well, you've been there for like, what, 17, 18 years? Yeah, 18 yeah. years. Yeah. I was brought up in, I was brought up in Glenrothes mm-hmm. in Fife, which is uh, a new town. Um, new towns, new towns were like, they built, they, when they knocked down the Glasgow tenements in the 1950s, yeah. they built like five new towns, okay. planned five new towns, yeah. and, and kind of all these dispossessed Glasgow regions moved, moved all over Scotland. Oh, right. So that's what Glenrothes was, it was a new town. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, yeah. Right. So it's, and, and being a new town, <clears throat> it didn't have like tons of culture in it, it was just... It's like housing estate after housing estate after yeah. housing estate. Because <laughs> that's one thing I was going to ask you about, like, your kind of early kind of like creative you know, influences in your childhood and that like, kind of what inspired you or kind of like, you know, to be an artist. God, my inspirations. So I grew up in the 80s. Um, I guess my, my dad and granddad mm-hmm. are, uh, they were both amateur artists. Okay. Um, and so I guess you could say I come from a, 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 a kind of long genetic line of amateur artists <laughs> and their um, their work was always hanging around in the house mm-hmm. which was quite cool yeah. I think that's a, a, a looking back I think that's an interesting part of my childhood actually yeah. was seeing real handmade hand painted mm-hmm. authentic art in yeah. the house that wasn't a print or something it was yeah. somebody done, tried to do something real yeah. and spent a lot of time looking at my granddad's uh, landscapes and and just just loved them and I guess that so that was that was my er, really early influence yeah yeah and those things and um, I guess uh, do you remember Heartbeat yeah Tony yeah, Hart yeah 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 Tony Hart was a big the big influence and Morph as well Morph <laughs> yeah. yeah but I was because Tony Hart used to show um, he had like a gallery. Okay. Do you remember that? And the, so he did his own stuff where he'd draw yeah. like a landscape or a charcoal yeah. or some cool thing he did mm-hmm. with like blowing ink on the thing. Yeah. And then he'd go in and we'll switch over to the gallery and yeah. be all art that kids had sent in. The oh, yeah, I remember that, in. yeah. They had that music in the background. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was just a yeah. slow pan across yeah. the room. <laughs> yeah. You could just see all these pictures and I was like, and so I used to send things into that all the time. Like, did you ever get anything featured, do you think? I did, yes. Oh, I nice got one. a scorpion. I, right. was, I think I was about eight years old. Okay. And uh, it was just captured yeah. in, <laughs> in the slow pan in the, yeah. in the screen. So, yeah, I guess that was an early influence to what, um, what, I, kinda, what I could do. Yeah. I, was, I, was, I kind of knew I could do creative things. I could mm-hmm. draw, draw and paint and stuff that yeah. at quite an early age. I think, like, for me, like, I remember when I first met you last year, like, before the Christmas at the Netherlands event, and you said to me, like, you know, it's got, like, loads of work, and I think you, mm-hmm. you, you describe me as a person that kind of just needs to kind of create. Yeah. It's almost kind of like an outlet for you. Compulsion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's how I see it, yeah. yeah. It's like, uh, you know, I've kind of got, I, I feel like, I'm, like, 40 years old now, and I feel okay. like I've got a view in the world, that, yeah. and I recognise that it's it's my own view, it's a unique view. Yeah. And it's hard to communicate. I'm not great with words. Um, I'm definitely not a musician. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's, it, it's hard to communicate 
those things that you feel. Yeah. Um, but you need to, you know, as a human being, it's all about making connections and bridges oh, with yeah. other humans. Yeah, absolutely. And it yeah. just feels natural to uh, to create imagery, to create art and try and build those bridges. Yeah. And for me, that's like my form of communication. Yeah. And it's not always clear. It's not <laughs> always... Uh, it makes sense to you. You know what yeah, you're conveying. Yeah, it makes sense to me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if one or two people pick up on it and it starts a conversation or or you know they're into the same thing yeah that's kind of just what i'm looking for in life okay yeah i guess that's why i do it i don't have this mad drive to be a a famous artist or anything yeah it's just something i do yeah i think um kind of my kind of perception of you i think like you've just been kind of like in aberdeen creating stuff but quietly is bubbling away and just doing your own thing yeah you know i think like you know i was really kind of happy that's before when you kind of got involved with the christmas Mm -hmm. Christmas room stuff and then I think, like, you know, for you, it's kind of like a bit of a step forward as well, kind of pushing yourself out of your comfort zone a bit. Definitely, yeah. definitely. That is one thing I would say that yeah. I've, over the years, I've held back on pushing myself out, yeah. out into unknown territories. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so the, the Christmas in Atmarine yeah. was the first time I had come out and shown a lot of my uh, pictures. Okay. And I tried to limit it to two years Backdated okay. two years. Yeah. That was it. Right. Uh, so, is, so, is this kind of person you kind of, in some sense, exhibited your work as well? I, I have you... exhibited okay. before. Cool. Yeah, right. and in uh, a gallery down in Montrose, mm-hmm. showed some of my work. Yeah, didn't sell any of it, yeah. but showed some of it, which was really cool. Yeah, uh, and the odd place here and there, I've sold one or two works. Yeah. People I know. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of local exhibitions that you stick things in at Christmas time yeah. and stuff but nothing I never really pursued it yeah. do you know what it was I never really thought it was any, uh, good enough I was oh, always okay. I was right. always thinking this work is 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 okay but I could do better okay so I'll wait till I get that better bit before yeah. I show it right. so you think you could be probably like a bit hard on yourself then yeah I guess yeah yeah okay. uh, looking back yeah yeah yeah, it's uh, once you start to show things to people, you realise how hard you are on yourself because they tell you they like it, yeah. um, and you're thinking, God, I, I, that did get across what I meant. Yeah, and yeah. it wasn't as bad as I thought because that did build that bridge and that yeah. part of communication started. And yeah. um, it's a, I guess it's like a snowball effect. I think, yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, a lot of kind of, like, stuff comes up in the podcast about people um, who are, like, local creators saying, like, you know, like that and imposter kind of syndrome a bit. And mm-hmm. I kind of wondered, do you ever kind of get to that kind of stage of thinking, like, oh, this is not kind of, like, oh, no, what am I doing and stuff? Like, <laughs> like, like, do you ever get to that point where you actually compare yourself, you see something online and you're like, oh, wow, that's really amazing and stuff, but my stuff's not that good. Why would, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. constantly. Okay. Constantly, right. yeah. I, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I think the imposter thing, I don't know if anyone really ever gets over thinking that yeah. they're really an, an, you know, an artist or whatever you want to say. I think probably everyone always feels a little bit deep down that they're kind of pulling the rule over some people's eyes, you know? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Little bit. That's yeah. just what I think. I mean, yeah. it might not be true. Mm-hmm. But um, the other side of the scale is, though, you know, you're the only person that can really say whether or not you're an artist. Yeah. You're yeah. the only person. It's yeah. not up to anyone else to decide that. And there's that sit well of you now, like, saying, well, you know, even though you're a graphic designer and that's, like, your paid job, but mm-hmm. your real passion is that you're an artist. You do that sit, does that sit well of you? Uh, I'm starting to accept it a bit okay. more now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm starting to accept more. The, the, the talking about it helps. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to talk to people like you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah it does. Um, the, the, the weird thing, I think, is, is the graphic design side yeah. of my life. The, uh, I've, I kind of always equated that to being like a... You know, like a, a musician, like yeah. a, like a conductor in an orchestra. That's like graphic design. Yeah. You're kind of conducting all these little bits. You've got like the violins is like the typography. Yeah. And you've got the oboes is, mm-hmm. is the photography. And you've probably not created it all, but you're trying to pull it all oh, together yeah, into yeah. this kind of whatever symphony, whatever you want to call it. That's like graphic design. Yeah. And my art side, that's like going off to be like a jazz musician (laughs) freestyle freestyle 
and welcome to the Creepy Podcast. This is going to be episode 46 and um, it's going to be with local visual artist. Her name is Gemma Hare. Welcome to the podcast, Gemma. Thank you very much. So thanks for coming on. Yeah, you know. happy new year. Yeah, happy new year to you as well. Um, did you have a good Christmas? Yeah, it was quite quiet, but okay. yeah. That's yeah. quite glad to be back too. Okay. Yeah, because we just kind of, um, I'm guessing you probably came back to work this week because you're yeah. like, you were your teacher also, like part time. Yeah, so, it was Monday, especially. Oh, okay. So. All right. Yes, that sounds like. So it's got like the whole two weeks off and. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds that really good. And yeah, um, I think, you know, just for like our listeners, like like every episode of the start of the podcast, it's kind of like, just to give the listeners a little bit of a bio about yourself and your creative practice. Okay, well, I studied at Edinburgh College of Art um, and I've got a degree in drawing and painting from there. And I graduated in 2005, but after that I went away and did teacher training. So I didn't really do any of my own um, drawing and painting from then. It was only when I worked with the children that I was actually doing any creative work. Okay. Um, And then... About November 2017, I just decided that this was going to be it. I'm going to start painting again. Um, And I went along to the life drawing at at Brewdog. It's Noodles that run it. Oh, okay. And I just started drawing again, and I got really inspired by that. Mm -hmm. And it just really happened again from there. Okay. And I began painting and trying to get into exhibitions and just... I created an Instagram account. I think it was quite late in the day for that, but I didn't have one. And I find that quite inspiring as well. And um, I've always really painted abstract, but um, the last year I've developed my style and I've started um, looking at, as well as the kind of abstract background, um, I've now got like bees or insects as a focal point in okay. my work. Yeah. And where do you think that kind of came from, the kind of interest in, like, insects? Well, it's quite strange because it's something I wasn't really interested in. And then it was from social media. I was seeing a lot and in the news and on TV about bees and, you know, what's happening and environmental issues and saving the bees. Yeah. And I just started reading about it and looking at pictures of them and realised that how fascinating they were. Yeah. And then I just thought, right, I've got this painting, an abstract painting, and it wasn't quite finished and I didn't so I thought I'll just stick a bee on it. Okay. And then I worked it into yeah. it and I was like, yeah, I quite like that. Oh, yeah. And then it developed from there. Yeah. And I become really fascinated by them and yeah, and then after a while Quite a lot of bees later, <laughs> uh, I decided to look at different insects as yeah. well. I think, I think it's. I think the more I paint, the more I I get excited about mm-hmm. it, and I I really don't know why I started again. I just decided, yeah. and then I think you know I'll go somewhere and I'll see something, and it could be something quite insignificant, but or I'll or I will be looking on things like Instagram and yeah. see something and I'll just, you know, it'll make me decide to do, you know, go down a, a different route mm-hmm. or add to something that maybe yeah. I hadn't thought of yeah. before. So the years that you weren't kind of doing your own thing, was that this more she was full-time at work as well? Yeah, I did, um, I did teach art right. in primary schools okay. for a while, but to be honest, I find, I don't find it that enjoyable. Okay. Just quite, I guess, repetitive. Mm-hmm. And but I did enjoy quite often, you know, the creative process of thinking up the ideas for the lessons and yeah, things like that. Yeah. But I don't know. It just wasn't. I much prefer, you know, teaching all the subjects. So I guess in from when you was kind of full time and you was teaching, it was it from like a kind of standardised kind of curriculum. So was that the kind of repetitive feeling about it? Is this that? I think it's when, I think I quite like having one class and building a relationship with them. But when you're teaching like a specialist subject, you've got lots of different classes one after the other. And I don't think you can build up the relationship with the children. I think that's, it maybe wasn't that it was art I was teaching. It was the fact that 
it wasn't one group of children yeah. that you can kind of, you know, get to know, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you mentioned about okay, coming a bit late into the game on like social media. Yeah. <laughs> Instagram. So when did you sign up to Instagram? Um maybe a year ago. Oh, okay. And are you finding that definitely beneficial in terms of like getting recognition from your work and also connecting with the wider Yeah, I f- I find for creating for connecting with yeah. the with other artists and just seeing what other people are doing and you know just what there is out there mm-hmm. um and that's how i find you know some of my stockists for okay. my work yeah. and galleries and yeah you know i find it quite interesting to follow them to see what's happening yeah i think there's one big thing that definitely comes up on the podcast about um social media and how it's a kind of like you know it can be used as a positive tool mm-hmm. i definitely recognize like in Aberdeen, like um with all the kind of creative communities it's almost kind of like the online thing where everyone kind of follows each other and supports each other and it's kind of really cool to see and stuff yeah. like that and I guess like you're kind of dipping your toes into that and seeing that and I guess that you know it does with that kind of does that kind of inspire you to keep going and keep pushing yourself yeah I think so and well that's how I found out about this podcast yeah. as well it must have just come up mm-hmm. suggested for you yeah. and then you have a look and decide whether you know you're going to follow them yeah. and find out about them so. yeah yeah i think yeah i think like with the podcast it's probably just about um trying to kind of highlight all the positive things that are kind of happening in aberdeen even like you know like all the creatives including like yourself you're very much a part of that now <laughs> you know like that creative community and it's probably about you know highlighting that um to the rest of scotland and further afield but also for people here to support each other yeah. As well. And I think, like, um, okay, you, you know, you was away, like, in Edinburgh for, like, five years. And then when you came back to Aberdeen, because you're originally from Elgin, aren't you? Yeah. Did you notice a kind of change happening a bit when you kind of moved? Well, I'd never of... been really to Aberdeen yeah. that often mm-hmm. before. It was just kind of maybe to come shopping yeah. or something. <laughs> so I don't really know what it was like previously, mm-hmm. but I did find it quite hard to like unpick you know yeah. what's going on but I do think there's a lot more um now with the new art and you know you can see there's yeah. a lot more around visible yeah. around the yeah. streets oh, and I think you know I think it makes a big difference mm-hmm. and people get quite excited about it people yeah. who maybe wouldn't have been you know, tend to go into a gallery or something like that. It makes it so much more accessible. Absolutely. I definitely, absolutely agree with you. And, you know, you did kind of mention about um, you kind of exhibiting to exhibit your work. Have you been able to do that since kind of actually creating now? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I've exhibited locally, um, Elgin and Fintorn and Edinburgh quite a lot. I feel... Edinburgh's, I kind of know Edinburgh, but yeah. although it's changed a lot, yeah. um, I kind of know a bit about it. Okay. But I'm just, I, I do feel I'm still finding my feet oh, and okay. which direction I want to go. Yeah. And then I started, a lot of people had asked about prints and things, and it's something I'm, I've always been a bit like, you know, art called, oh no, that's, you know, <laughs> something not to do. Well, why but was that? Why I don't know. That? I think I think it's like a kind of selling out type thing. Oh, okay. But then I think you realise, <laughs> maybe mature a bit, and realise that, you know, people, there's a different market that yeah. you can tap into. Yeah, hello, welcome to the Create Me Podcast. Yeah, and I'm back after a little break. And yeah, today's guest, I don't know, like, I'd say like local MC. Yeah, MC yeah. rapper. Yeah, um, Kid Gams, based in Aberdeen, man. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, man. thank you for having us. No, us. thank you for coming on board, man. Because like, this thing I said to you off mic, I was saying like, just recently, the past couple of years, discovered like, the Aberdeen kind of music scene, that kind of grime thing and stuff. But before we get into it, I want to pick your brain on a few things. <laughs> yeah. If you kind of just kind of like, Tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and how this kind of journey got started for you. Okay. Um, I consider myself a rapper. Mm-hmm. That's something I've been thinking about recently. And it's because rapping is the skill. I feel, yeah, I'm predominantly on grime. Mm-hmm. I'm an MC. That is part of my skill set. But I don't like to be labelled or pigeonholed oh, okay. into certain certain boxes. Mm-hmm. 
it started as everyone say, oh, it started as a passion or this. I won't lie. It started like, I always say shout out to my boy Ransom FA. Okay. Because since we were young, he was the one rapping. He was in the playground, you know, doing that thing. I'd write, I used to write a bit of poetry, actually. Oh, that was okay. my thing. So okay. I, I was different. Yeah. And then maybe from about 16, I started spitting a wee bit. Mm. And then he was like, Yo, you know, you've got a thing. Put at it. Oh, I wasn't really hearing that. Mm. And then it was around about 2014. That's when man started going to shows, started oh, performing. Okay. We were at the Eskimo dance in 16. Mm. And then suddenly it became a thing like, oh, wow. I realized there's actually like a talent there. Yeah. There's a love for it. That's when the passion developed. And then you go from putting out freestyles to like, okay, let me make a track. And then suddenly you're making a project. And like, it's hard to say, when did you become an artist? Nobody defines that. I guess the culture defines that for you. Yeah. At what point did people start recognizing you? Right. So I'd say around about 2016 for myself. Oh, okay. Right. And then for you, when you're growing up, what was that kind of early influences? Then obviously you said like, obviously for Ransom, kind of saying to you, like, you know, saying, oh, no, you've got something there. But when you was growing up, what was you listening to and saying, oh, yeah. Ah, like, see, that's an actually a mad one. Mm. So, like, obviously I'll say shout out to the Americans. Yeah. Like, first of all, I'm not going to start, like, respect Biggie and Tupac. Yeah. But that was before my generation. Okay. When I was a kid, like, 50 Cent, that was that what was I was doing. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I was hearing that. I was hearing Dr. Dre actually yeah. say 2001. That was the first album my sister gave me, actually. Okay. But then it wasn't till 13 when I hit first year, that's when music changed me. Mm. So like up until this, like, believe it or not, at that time, the London scene was disconnected. Yeah. The Birmingham scene was disconnected. It was big down there, mm. but obviously before the full like blow of like YouTube and that. So I'm trying to think I went to, I started secondary school 2005. Okay. YouTube didn't fully become like real like, until like thing, 2008, yeah. 2009, that sort of thing. So like I was still disconnected with rap in the way I saw it. As in, I saw rap as an American thing, yeah, and yeah. it was commercial, and like it was kind of cool to listen to, but like that's not my life. Yeah, I can't relate <laughs> to that. But then the first one time I heard, I remember it was a Dizzy Rascal video. Okay, um, it was like he's just a rascal. Yeah. So that was it was funny. So it was Ransom's older brother AJ. Yeah. He was because um, they've got cousins staying down in London, so right. he'd come back from the summer, and he was listening to this, and he was like, "Oh, yo, man, listen to these guys, listen to this." He put me on to BBK. Um, that I remember here's first time hearing Skepta and Frisco on a back to back. Yeah. And then suddenly music changed for me mm -hmm. because I now looked at these guys and I saw them, you're just like me. Mm -hmm. You're like Africans, Caribbeans, yeah. you've come, like your parents have emigrated here. Yeah, yeah. Like, so first of all, you're not from here. It's mm -hmm. dealing with that, that culture difference. Yeah. And you know, you know, learning that you, you might've had that for yourself. Yeah. But then also like, I saw young black guys on a council estate speaking about their life. Yeah, so yeah, when I was yeah. going to school, that resonated with me. Like, yeah. yo, yo, are you speaking to me? It wasn't till end of 2017. That's when I decided, you know what? Yeah, maybe I've got something here. Mm -hmm. Maybe I want to try and start putting things together. Then I started thinking, okay, it's not just the music. Everybody can make songs. There's yeah. the business side to it. Shout out my boy, Scott, Scott McGuire, creative director and graphic design. My unofficial manager, I'm just saying this now, and this is because we started working on the project together from the design aspect okay. in that, oh, yo, man, can you help me with the graphics? Mm. Yeah. Um, he's like, ah, are you thinking about your marketing? Are you thinking about your promotion? Are you thinking how you're going to structure this? Are you thinking about the layout? And I thought, uh, maybe I'd considered them, but yeah. like, not really. Well, he's like, well, that's all part of the business. Mm. So then I was like, okay, am I being serious? Go back to the business. How does the music time with the business? Yeah. Now, this is for me what I've been learning with it in life in that this is something it's a passion but then people find time like oh but you know I've got work and I've got things so essentially your aim is you're trying to think how can I turn my passion into my way of life into yeah. something that pays me yeah. so that is a big thought and you have to plan and you have to take these steps and think okay how am I going to put myself in the right positions yeah, yeah, yeah. but if you surround yourself with the right people and if you take the time these are things that are doable yeah and I think as well as just like kind of picking up on what you're saying, I think like it's a good kind of ethos and kind of actually also the fact to even like kind of plan out and strategize because I think a lot of people, the probably previous generations would get involved and in the music industry and kind of sign to a big label and stuff and then it doesn't work. I don't know if you see the big things about, you know, your label, you've got a record label, but then you're paying for your music videos and you that know stuff. That, yeah. So I'm not, again, 
criticize people. Mm-hmm. I'm not in that situation, yeah. but this is speaking from my knowledge mm-hmm. and my experience. Understand what you're getting into. Yeah, yeah. So the reason I say that is some of the problems I've seen, and I'll use, let's say, Russ, Russ Splash, yeah. not to step on any names, but that's because that's been something that's been very public, it's mm-hmm. been open. He signed contracts with a label. He signed contracts with a distributor and he said it himself. He didn't really look at what he yeah, said. Yeah. A lot of people fall into that category in terms of like, if you read and understand the stipulations, would you really be signing that yeah, contract? Yeah. So it's, I think sometimes, now this is something not to shout out, but let's say I'm using myself because I'm a young black man mm-hmm. and I've been in that position before where, you know, I've done something or something's come on to come with a good offer. Yeah. And then my mom's had to say to me like, yo, Diddy, have you looked at that? <laughs> and then you're like, ah. and then you look into it and you realize, all right. Mm-hmm. So if I had agreed to this, that would mean I would be bound to this yeah. for so long yeah. and I would be liable to you for this. And oh, wow there's a lot involved. Mm -hmm. So like when it comes to contracts, even get a friend to look over it, go to the citizens advice bureau. That stuff is free. Like there are ways to make yourself informed. There are ways to, to understand what's happening. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. I think, um, like, I forgot what I'm saying now. Like, yeah, for you, I guess, like, you're, you're not independent. Kind of. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I consider yeah. myself independent. As in, I mean, I'm not saying I'm staying away from labels. <laughs> I'm starting to show me. Yeah, I'll come to the table. Yeah. I'll talk with you. Yeah. But no, what that means is it means you're self-funded. Mm. So you take the risk, but you also post to gain the rewards. Okay. It's taken a lot more, you know, to get into it. So like self-funded, what does that mean? It means I have to work. I have to graft. I have to be the one to pay the studio time, to pay the videographer, to pay for the instrumentals, to put all this together, to pay for the graphic design. And that's the work that people need to understand. There's a lot. There's so many aspects. It's not just recording the song. And that's why, A, there's a lot to being an artist, but B, those are the things the studio is doing. Mm-hmm. The studio is going to be like, okay, yeah, we'll pay the producer, we'll pay the video guys, we'll even get you makeup, we'll get you outfits, we'll get you transport, or you want this. That costs money, guys. Yeah. Like, that cost is not cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I think for anyone who is serious about these things, you learn, you, you see, and you see there is, there is a path to do it. Mm-hmm. If you've got a passion, you've got a talent, there's a way. Yeah, no, definitely, man. I think like, it's all kind of like all the stuff you're saying is hitting the nail on the head and it's good for like people listening and thinking they want to get into like the music industry to kind of actually have that honest kind of like reflection discussion about this that it's not like a quick buck easy thing to kind of get into not at all this is something like we speak about even in our small group or tight and it's like I do this not because it's paying me because like I wouldn't be eating if I was waiting on music yeah I do this because I feel like, right, okay, this is how I'm passionate about it. Mm -hmm. And if it pays off in the long run, it does. What you need to understand is all these people that we see and they're big and people always like, shout out man like Skepta. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that because he's just, um, he'll be at the homecoming in Nigeria. I'm also a Nigerian, so it's nice to see him doing bits and putting our country back on the map. But even Skepta as an example, I remember the first like thing he put out was in like 2002 Mm -hmm. or 2003 and then when was shut down? Yeah, years later, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah. When was Kenichi Owens? Mm. When, like, that's what, so people need to understand for how many years these big artists and these people we look up to for how many years they're putting in their time and their craft yeah. and what they were doing. Hello and welcome to the Creative Me Podcast. This is going to be episode 45 and it's the first episode of the new year. Um, yeah, today's guest, I think it's really cool to kind of have her on because I briefly spoke to her during the Christmas special. Um, her name is Frida Strachan and she is a self-taught weaver. We've had a little bit of back and forth discussion about <laughs> what to call yourself and stuff. But um, yeah, like as I said, um, Frida, you was on the Christmas special when we did the event Christmas at the Natri Rooms and stuff. It was really mm-hmm. kind of cool to go. I think that's like... That was like the second time I met you because we did the Etsy thing together as oh, well. Yeah, that's right. And that was really cool. That was a very kind of interesting, busy in a good way that weekend mm-hmm. as well. And I'm guessing that you've done a few of those Etsy things as well. Well, that was only the second one I'd done. Yeah. I went to the Look Again one 
in summer, but I was only there for one day. Oh, okay. Um, so it was the first time I was there prepared. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it felt like... Yeah, it's mad though, because I thought, I thought I'd be, like, really prepared for that, and then I realised that with this last little minute, bits and pieces you have to go and sort out and yeah. do. But in the end, it turned out all well for everyone. Everyone did really well. Yeah, it was it's, crazy. Yeah. And then, yeah, obviously, Christmas at the Natten Rooms, that was really good as well. Thank mm-hmm. you, yes, thanks again for being a part of that. Well, uh, yeah. thanks for inviting me. I yeah. felt so special. <laughs> <laughs> I was, like, part of that. I think it's yeah. no, I think it's cool. I mean, I remember Joe kind of saying to me, "Oh, like Frida, and she does this thing." And I think, and I know, I followed you already. It's like, oh, cause you got like two different kind of kind <laughs> yeah. of accounts. I think, oh, the that's real me yeah, and yeah. <laughs> oh no, I was just kind of like, you know, thinking. Um, actually, no, before we even get to it, how's your Christmas and stuff and New Year? Oh, it was so nice. Yeah, it was the first time I spent it with my boyfriend's family. Okay, so it was the first time. I wasn't eating my mum's Christmas dinner. Oh, it was right. fine. Yeah. It was really good. <laughs> Quiet. Yeah, well, there's like expectations about <laughs> it would be like, yeah. Well, because it's the first time I've had like vegetarian Christmas as well. Oh, okay. And they tried really hard to impress me. Oh, so I, I, really good. Oh, that's good. That's good. And the new year, was that like a nice little chilled out? Or did you go out and venture out? No, like I don't drink. Okay. So, I hate, and I also hate the pressure to have fun at New Year. Yeah. So me and Doug, we walked out to Hackley Bay. Okay. So in the nature reserve, and we watched the fireworks from Aberdeen, Newburgh, wow. and Bridge of Dawn. And while we were watching them, a huge shooting star went by in the wow. sky. And I was like, oh, That's amazing, man. This is so romantic. Yeah. So it was amazing. That's awesome. That sounds mm-hmm. really good. How was yours? It was good. We was down the road and like, like I said, she like, like um, kind of caught like a cold from um, a very a toddler family member who was, <laughs> was playing house and we all had to f- um, feed from the same spoon. So yeah, lesson learned. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I think no, it was, it was all good. And I guess like for me, obviously I got a lot of one coming on board in March. So mm-hmm. just getting, came back up and started to kind of decorate the spare room, getting the nursery ready. I'm never going to be really prepared. I know that. So it'll know. be like the preparation of Etsy times. Yeah, times like, yeah, absolutely. I think because um, I do follow you like on social media, but what I'm very interested in is just like you know a bit of like you know um, not to go in like a full length life story, but a bit of like um, like your beginnings and stuff. Like what was your creative influences growing up and actually. You've got a bit of a twang in your accent. I remember last episode you said, yeah, <laughs> that you're not like from Aberdeen City, you're from like outside, like a town outside of Fraserburgh. Yeah, yeah. so I'm from Inverallahi, which is a tiny little fishing village that um, is also known as Cotton, often mistaken for Balgar or Cairnball, but that's actually the opposite side of the road where okay. they meet. Right. <laughs> but I was like, getting really stressed about coming and chatting to you and like trying to think like how creative am I and how did it start and it kind of did start there so how did that kind of transition from the kind of interest in textiles come about then uh that didn't happen until more recently okay um I kind of I think I had seen something at the Tate so when I moved back here, I was working for Aberdeen Uni and was deeply unhappy because yeah. I felt like all my friends, all my friends in London are super creative. Mm-hmm. And I'm the oddball that's just like like a hanger on. Like, You're so cool. Like I'm so impressed by everything you do. Um, and it was it was cool because we'd all go to Tate or go to galleries. And I think I'd just seen some sort of textile thing at the Tate. And when I moved back to Aberdeen, um, like I don't know where it came from I just googled like weaving okay. and just taught myself alright um, yeah it stemmed from nothing but unemployment and boredom yeah. okay. and right. uh, like I came back to study uh, talking about my life just yeah. now I feel like <laughs> I just make decisions that are so dumb and kind of work out <laughs> But I'd uh, moved to London, was working in fundraising, worked for a tech company, met amazing people at a tech yeah. company, but it was just like they were throwing money at me to do nothing and it okay. didn't feel very good. Oh. Um, and I moved back to study journalism and absolutely hated it. It was a postgrad, so it was only for a year. And after three months, 
I was like, this is honestly the worst decision I've made. <laughs> and so then I was just unemployed and just Googled it and like got a frame off the wall, cut some notches in it and just started doing it. Okay. It's super embarrassing to look back on the things I made the first time I tried. Really? Um, but yeah, it's but I, I guess it's like anything you do is a process because I was actually just thinking about this. So um, over the Christmas bit, you know, you go back, I was listening, there's like a year doing this, like the podcast, I'm thinking like, oh my God, the sound on this episode, I won't say the episode, <laughs> like, if there was some kind of training, like if someone was going to talk me, I'm sure this would be much better and stuff. You know, yeah. so I think like any kind of task or something or challenge you set yourself to do, it's definitely a learning process. Yeah. And it's never going to be like, boom, like, you know, like straight away, oh, this is amazing and stuff, you know. That's how I feel about my whole life. So <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just make decisions and go, oh, well, I'm learning. I'm in my 30s now, I'm still learning. <laughs> like, it was less about, like, I want to get really good at this mm. and more about, um, like, I've gone through, like, some pretty terrible times mm-hmm. and I know myself well enough to know that if I keep a handle on things I'll just fall into depression Yeah. so it was, the reason I looked up was because I thought well it's either sitting at home getting depressed mm-hmm. and then I'll never find a job or yeah. I can just do something so I feel like I'm doing something yeah. and it, it makes my feel good and I can see what I've achieved at the end of it and it's like I've tried embroidery, I've done screen printing, I did photography, um, and it's the one thing that's stuck. Yeah. So, I'm, I don't think that necessarily means I'm good, it's just the actual process, weaving mm-hmm. and tying knots, feels good. So even like, you know, um, speaking to Rachel Robinson, she was the last episode of last year, mm-hmm. kind of spoke about the kind of process that she went through like with like mental health and stuff, and actually the process... Or creating bags is almost like that kind of therapeutic kind of feeling. Yeah. And I think the way you describe it is just kind of like the process using your hands and that. And I guess, is it kind of like that old, like, not like escapism, but a really kind of good kind of distraction? Yeah. For you thinking that when you're creating, yeah. you can get lost in it maybe? Yeah. Like, well, I was listening to her talk about it as well. And yeah. I was like, oh, it's, it must be a common theme. Mm-hmm. in Because it, I do think that, I've seen, I'm a feminist and I know that like there's this whole thing about how crafting like fibre art basically is looked upon as like it's not really art because it's a women's thing but actually like I like that about it, I like that it feels there's something about it just feels like um, I can't explain it makes me feel better about my place in the world, doing a really traditional... I can't explain. It's... It, but, like, I totally agreed with what she said, like, working with your hands... Yeah. ..does feel like a typo therapy. Yeah. Is it almost kind of like, I guess, quite wrong, but almost kind of like having a bit of control over something as well? Yeah, I don't well, know, like... That's yeah. exactly what it is, because... Yeah. I reach a point in myself mm-hmm. sometimes where I'd go like, oh, I'm really near coping. Mm-hmm. And I can warn people it's coming and I can see it happening. And it just feels out of control anyway. Yeah. Um, but it like uh, yesterday I was beginning to feel a bit down because yeah. I'm in between jobs. Oh. And I've no start date. It's getting a bit stressful. Yeah. Spent a lot of money at Christmas, <laughs> and I just sat down and started weaving. And within like half an hour, half finished what I was working towards, and it was like, oh, cool. Yeah. Feel pretty good now. Yeah, and you yeah. kind of forget there's all these other things to stress about. Yeah, yeah. Just reminded myself, but generally, <laughs> so I'll go home and weave. It's fine. <laughs> like that's how it feels. Hello again. Yeah, so I hope you guys enjoyed part two of the birthday special featuring Mark Wood, Gemma Hare, 
Gib Gams, Frida Strachan and Jay Christie. All really great people and really interesting chats that I had throughout this year. And yeah, on reflection, I can't believe it's two years of me rambling on, you know, with the podcast. I think, you know, this experience has been really amazing so far. And I think I should, really should be better at kind of acknowledging the podcast, especially when it hits hit a milestone, like a two-year birthday. So yeah, um... I think there's quite a lot kind of going on moving forward into 2020. Um, I'm going to be looking to kind of do an audio documentary um, called We Are Here, and that's with black and ethnic minority creatives, <clears throat> pardon me, in Scotland. So it's going to take a while, and it's really important to me, and it's something that I'm very interested in, in documenting. Kind of going to be a different style than the usual podcast setup, because I'll be out and about here and there in different places in Scotland throughout 2020. Um, I just want to say like um, big thank you to you guys for tuning into the podcast, you know, bigging it up, sharing, you know, subscribing and downloading episodes. It truly kind of keeps me motivated and going and it, you know, gives me a purpose to keep, you know, um, documenting and sharing these creative journeys with you all. Um, moving forward, yeah, more interesting chats coming up throughout the remainder of the year. Hope you guys tune into those and kind of like listen, like and share and get involved with those episodes. And of course, as I mentioned before, I'm going to be at um, the Etsy Christmas Showcase above Home Comforts in Union Square from Thursday the 28th of November to Sunday the 1st of December. It's going to be really interesting. Um, makers and creators doing their thing there. I'll be there with my Big Up The Dean merch. And if you guys, you know, want to get involved in sponsoring the podcast, you know, check out um, links on social media um, via Instagram um, for the Big Up The Dean Etsy shop. Um, yeah, so that's enough for me, I think. Um, thanks again, guys, for tuning in and, yeah, for helping me get to two years of exploring creativity in Aberdeen and I'll catch up with you soon.